Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Something is happening. There is a revival happening right now as I speak. There's a healing revival, a deliverance revival. The Holy Spirit is moving in a way like never before. Now is not the time to be a doubter. Now is not the time to be a spectator. Now is not the time to be on the sidelines. God is doing a new thing right now in our generation. And it's time to be excited about what God is doing. Now, don't leave before the end because at the end of this broadcast, we're going to pray a special prayer for the sick. We don't just want to teach on healing. We want to also demonstrate the power. Power of God to heal and tonight the power of God is available share this with someone that needs healing the power of God is available to heal you if you know someone sick in body send them the link to this broadcast tonight because as I'm preaching it's a biblical thing for people to be healed and restored and I was praying today saying Lord would you please heal people as I'm preaching would you please deliver people as I'm preaching that these broadcasts are saturated in prayer saturated in the power of God in fasting I'm asking the Lord I'm giving my life to you guys I'm giving my life to this work, saying, God, do the work in these people. I know that our God is not bound to time. He's not bound to space. And the Lord can heal you right now as I preach. That sickness has to leave in Jesus' name. Disease has to leave in Jesus' name. That this is part of the work of the cross. And God wants to do the work in you. God wants to deliver. God wants to heal. God wants to restore. We have removed miracle power out of the Bible. We've removed the supernatural power of God, specifically to heal the sick out of scripture and i'm telling you the god that we serve is the same yesterday today and forever and if jesus healed in the gospels if jesus delivered in the gospels then god has a desire not just that he wants to but the lord has a desire to do it in you today there's no amen in the book of acts and we need more preachers that are going to preach faith this whole idea of well god heals once in a great while and if god wants to heal you he'll heal you if he wants but we don't need this is what they say religious people we don't need to actively pray for it we don't need to actively lay hands on people a lot of you listen to online youtube preachers they never pray for the sick they never pray for deliverance they never and i'm not talking about in person i'm saying on the broadcast on the live streams on the teachings they never believe god for healing and so a lot of you you have no one to preach faith to you you have no one to stand in agreement which i'll show you later is part of healing is standing in agreement and i'm saying lord listen they can call me crazy they can make youtube videos about me that i'm crazy because i believe in healing and deliverance but i'm going to be a preacher that's going to stand for healing i'm going to be a preacher come on help me preach am i preaching strong tonight that stands for deliverance i'm going to be a pastor that stands in faith and says absolutely not sickness is not your portion sickness is not your destiny sickness is not the call of god but i stand with you today in faith believing that god wants to heal you believing that god wants to restore you come on your whole house you might be listening to this in your room and you're like my kids don't think think you're crazy isaiah i pray that the lord would release divine healing in your entire house that by his stripes your children are going to get healed your body's going to get healed your mind is going to get healed your husband's going to get healed your wife is going to get healed your co-workers are going to get healed that the healing power of god is going to begin to flow through your family begin to flow through your hands begin to flow through your life and not only are you going to be healed but you're going to begin to pray healing over other people and i say this over you now that other people will be healed 
through your hands in Jesus' name. See, what you need to understand is miracles were essential to the New Testament church growing. One of the reasons why the church is not growing is because the power of God is not on display. So we have to use carnal means to try to grow the church. We have to do all of these events and all of these promotions and all of these night at the movie sermons and bring the world and bring the culture into the church because we're not seeing a dramatic display, if you're taking notes, of the power of God. So because we're not seeing a dramatic display of the power of God which is what Jesus intention was we have to use carnal fleshly demonic worldly strategies to try to grow the church when you have to understand it was the power of God that grew the book of Acts church it was miracles that grew the book of Acts church I look back at our revival that happened and broke out in 2011 it was miracles that grew the revival it was signs and wonders that grew the revival in fact in Acts I'm giving you tons of verses so be ready to write because I'm giving you more verses than you're gonna be able to write tonight in Acts chapter 4 verse 30 it says while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus so you have to understand we are doing signs and wonders in the name of Jesus but we're stretching out our hands and the power of God is flowing through us I'm going to show you later that the Lord works with us when we're praying for the sick so you need to understand it doesn't say in the hands of the Holy Spirit it doesn't say in the hands of a special apostle it says through your hands as you stretch out your hands to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus you got to realize there is power when we stretch out our hands there is power when we lay hands and God made it did not didn't God make healing so simple didn't God make miracles? God could have said, you got to solve this math equation. You got to solve this uh, algorithm. You got to do a certain amount of things. You have to spend two hours of doing this. And then you got to have an incense. And then you got to sacrifice. He, he didn't say none of that. He said, you're going to lay your hand. You're going to stretch it out. Lay it on a sick person. And the sick person will be healed. So you have to realize we've overcomplicated. Now, I don't want to overcomplicate it, but I will go deep tonight. We've overcomplicated miracles. Revival grows when miracles happen. Miracles started happening, and here's what happens when miracles happen. People start spreading the word. The reason why a lot of you share the broadcast is because God has healed you. God has delivered you, and then you tell your friends and family, I was watching this broadcast. I was at this revival meeting, and the Lord healed me. The Lord delivered me. There was a demon that came out. There was a cancer that disappeared. Something happened, and then people that knew you before, they knew you when you were sick. They knew you when you were depressed. They knew you when there was pain in your body. They say, wait a minute, I knew you before and the you that I see now is not the you I used to know. They wanna know what happened to you. And then you share with them, God has healed me. God has delivered me. It was like the man born blind. They're like, well, who did it? Was he, he goes, I don't know. I just know that I was blind. Come on, somebody help me share this in the chat. All I know is I was blind and now I see. I've been healed and I used to be blind. This is why this hits so close to home for me because I was the blind man. I was the leper separated from God by my sin. I was the woman at the well that had shame and guilt and condemnation. I was a woman caught in adultery that was breaking all of God's laws. I was the man lame in the same place, never able to move into my destiny. And it was the Lord that healed me. And so Jesus said, freely you've been given freely give so we don't charge for deliverance we don't charge for healing we don't say oh for a hundred dollars i'll pray for you and you'll be healed we don't do none of that garbage because jesus healed me freely 
And so guess what I do in response? I heal others freely. So know tonight, know this, that God wants to heal you so that you can go out and heal others. The gospel without signs and wonders, if you're taking notes, without signs and wonders is a partial gospel. Listen to me tonight. If you are in a church or you're in a place where they're preaching the gospel and the gospel is not accompanied by signs, wonders, and miracles, the gospel that is being preached is a partial gospel. It's not the full gospel. The gospel cannot be full unless it's being confirmed by signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, where is that in the Bible? Romans chapter 15, verse 19. By the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem all the way around to um, Illyricum, I fully proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying, here's how I fully proclaim the gospel. By the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. I know all these YouTube preachers are not going to tell you this, but the gospel without miracles is not the full gospel according to Romans 15, 19. The gospel without the power of the Spirit of God is not the full gospel. You have to realize the way that they were shaking the world, they were changing people's lives, was through the power of God. You're going to see this not only in the gospels, but all throughout the book of Acts. And there is no amen in the book of Acts. God is still doing acts. God is still moving. And we are called to be written epistles read by all men. And so there are many people in the church preaching a partial gospel. Many people only preach the gospel of salvation and not the gospel of the kingdom. Listen to me when I say this. Jesus did not preach the gospel of salvation. Jesus did not preach the gospel of healing. Jesus did not preach the gospel of deliverance. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom because in the message of the kingdom, people get saved. In the message of the kingdom, people get healed. In the message of the kingdom, people get delivered. Healing and deliverance is a byproduct of a gospel, a full gospel being preached. We don't see these things in the church because we preach a partial gospel. That's why when you're in public and people say, oh, what kind of, what church do you go to? And what's your denomination? I tell people, I just believe the whole Bible. I'm non-denominational. I have no denomination. I actually believe the whole Bible. Like I'm one of those Christians that believes that God can heal the sick. I'm one of those Christians that believe we can cast out demons. I'm one of those Christians that believes in speaking in tongues. I believe in word of knowledge. I believe in discerning of spirits. I believe in the word of wisdom. I believe in the gift of hospitality. I believe that Jesus died. I believe he actually died, not metaphorically. I believe he actually rose from the dead and took the keys from death, hell, and the grave. I believe that you can be saved and spend eternal life with Christ. I believe there's a real hell. I believe marriage is between a man and woman. I, I literally believe that the Bible's true, that it is the authoritative word of God and that every comma, every period, every letter matters to God. I'm not one of these believers that says, oh, I believe in all this theology and I believe in this. And I, listen, I watch the guys on YouTube and all, all the people that preach in the mainstream. I know what they teach. They teach supernatural miracles and the divine power to heal is possible and God does it. But here's what they say. We don't need to really pursue it. We don't really need to chase after it. We don't really need to lay hands on people. So you won't catch them laying hands on people. You won't catch them praying at the end of their broadcast for God to divinely heal people right now. They just say, we just passive, we just wait around on the couch, and if God wants to heal you, he's going to heal you. We don't, we don't need to know if God wants to heal. We already know according to Psalms 1 and 3, God wants to heal. We already know that by his stripes, we are healed. We already know Jesus said to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. If you're a believer, now the problem why... Pastor, leader, YouTube preacher, 
you don't see miracles, you don't see healings, is because you don't believe. That's why. So stop lying to everybody and saying, it's just not God's will, or God doesn't want to heal everybody, or, you know, these things are rare. No, they're not rare. They're rare for you. They're not rare for me. I see miracles all the time because I believe. We get hundreds of messages every single day of people getting healed because we pray and we believe. We lay hands on people at our church and they get healed and they get delivered. Every week I'm doing deliverance on people. I did deliverance on Sunday. I did deliverance on Wednesday. I did deliverance the week before. We're casting demons out of people. We're doing it on Zoom. We're doing it in person. Why? Because we are believers. So don't create a theology based on your unbelief just because you don't believe don't try and tell me that God doesn't do miracles, that God doesn't deliver. Come on, at Lysong Church on Sunday morning, this week, and last week, and the week before, and the week before, and the week before, we prayed for the sick. We cast out demons. We believed, and God moved in the miraculous. So, so get out of here with this religious. And you, listen, if you're listening to these guys, don't expect God to move, because you're listening to preaching that not only preaches partial, but is preaching you into unbelief. And y'all, I got enough of the devil trying to make me not believe. I don't need other preachers to make me not believe. So I run from guys that are like, oh, well, sometimes kind of miracles aren't that big of a deal. Um, according to the apostle Paul, they're not the gospel's not full without miracles. So get out of here with the miracles are not that big of a deal. Get out of here with we don't really need to believe and lay hands. No, you do. You do need to lay hands. Come on, someone help me preach. Share this. You do need to pray for the sick. You do have the power. I don't care what demon tries to tell you they don't. You don't. I don't care what leader tells you. You actually, right now, could lay hands on a person at work that's about to die with cancer and you watch God miraculously restore them. You can actually lay hands on someone right now that has never walked a day in their life and God will use your hands to heal them. So stop with this, I can't, I'm not educator qualified. Miracles, write this down in healing, is not about what you do. It's about what Jesus did. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you've earned. It's not about being anointed enough. If you're anointed enough, you could pray for the sick wrong. It's about the finished work of the cross. Jesus took on lashes. So I'm not qualified to do it. You're not qualified. I can't earn it. In a thousand hours of prayer, I'll never earn the power to heal the sick. And that's why when Simon the Sorcerer says, I want to get the power in the book of Acts. I want the power to lay hands and people get the Holy Ghost. And you know, the disciples told him, let your money be destroyed with your thinking that you can buy the Holy Ghost, that you can earn this. This is not about earning. We don't earn healing. And in fact, let me talk to someone that's sick in body because I just feel the Holy Ghost so strong tonight. I'm just going for it here. You cannot earn it. So if you're trying to say, I was in sin this week, brother, and I'm with so-and-so and I don't really believe, I don't care because God still wants to heal you. It's not about what you've done. It's about what Jesus has done on the cross. Now, this is not to justify unrighteous, unlawful living. This is to let you know to stop trying to earn your healing. Stop trying to earn your deliverance. Stop trying to be a good boy so that the Father will bless you. Jesus says, I've already paid the price. I've already paid the price so that you can be healed right now in Jesus' name. God can restore you and you can and you will in Jesus' name. So you need to understand it's God's will for you to be healed. And I'll go on to more on this as we go. But God wants to do miracles through your hands. Acts 19.11. I want you to hear what it says if you're taking notes. Acts 19.11. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost when I say that. 
One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Acts 19.11. Why? Because the Bible makes it clear exactly what happens when we lay hands on the sick. God begins to do extraordinary miracles by our hands. Think about this. When you're laying hands on a sick person, when I just feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, type one of you of the Holy Ghost. When you're laying hands on a sick person, the Holy Spirit, the power of God begins to surge through your body and God himself begins to partner with you. God's sovereign nature begins to partner with you and miracles begin to happen by your hands. Now, if this was written about you, if Acts 19.11 was about you, it would say, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Isaiah Saldivar, or God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Brenda or Andrea or Christy or Marissa. Your name would be in Acts 19.11 if you were around back then. And the Bible says you're written epistles read by all men. So the story doesn't end there. The story just gets warmed up there because the disciples are going to go out and they're going to do miracles. Now, Paul, I want you to notice, Paul was not sitting back saying, well, I'm just going to teach theology and I'm going to talk a lot about doctrine and eschatology and talk a lot about, you know, um, uh, uh, hermeneutics and all these different things and how to break down exegesis. And I'm going to go deep into all this, which a lot of guys do. And I'm going to talk about this and this and this and apologetics, but I'm never going to go after God. No, Paul said, we're going after miracles, y'all. We are going to see the power of God work through our hands. It's not about talk. 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom is not about talk. It is about power and demonstration. So it's not just talking. It's actually demonstrating the kingdom. So your disobedience could be the reason someone does not receive their miracle. Don't sit around and say, well, someone else will do it. If you're standing there, you don't need to pray, Lord, send someone or somebody else will do it. You're the person God's put around them. If there's a sick person around you, they're there so that you can lay hands on them and that God can partner with you, that you become a co-laborer. Remember, you are a co-worker of Christ. The great co-mission that the one working with us is the Holy Spirit. So you got to realize that miracles are for you and miracles are also sign of a true apostle. Second Corinthians 12, 12, the signs of a true apostle were performed among you with the utmost patience with signs, wonders, and mighty works. So the sign of a true apostle was not that you have your name apostle on your business card or your Facebook page or your YouTube channel. The sign of a true apostle was that miracles were happening. Signs and wonders were happening. They were doing mighty works in Jesus' name. So you have to realize, if you have this, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, okay, where's your works at? Where's the miracles? Where's the signs and wonders? How do, how do we do them? We believe. Everyone, every one of you, there's 3,000 of you, praise the Lord, share this. Every single one of you can pray for the sick in Jesus' name. Well, how do you know? Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that, what's the key word? What's the buzzer? That believe. They are going to lay hands on the sick. Now, I want you to notice Jesus didn't say they're going to pray for the sick. Now, do we pray for the sick? Absolutely. Every time I lay hands on the sick, I pray for the sick. But I want you to notice what Jesus said. He said they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So they're not even going to pray. They're not going to, Lord, please. He said, you're going to do it because I've already given. Now, why? how are they going to do it without praying? Because Jesus said, I've given you all power and all authority that the, that the Father has given me. He said, I've now given to you. So you have the power to command sickness to leave and the sickness leaves. You're not a beggar, you're a believer. Now, does that mean we don't pray? Of course not. Come on, don't twist what I'm saying. I pray, I command, I believe, I do all these things. I just had a video three weeks ago about prayer and I talked about commanding prayer, but, or maybe it was two weeks ago. No, it was a week. I don't remember. It was a couple weeks ago. Everything's a blur to me. But we don't, we don't just say, 
Lord, now when you're praying for the sick, you don't beg and say, Lord, please, please, God, I'll do anything. Now, there's a desperation prayer that I've done that a bunch of times, but our biblical way to pray is you lay hands and you ask, you say, Lord, I know this is your will. I command this person to be healed in Jesus' name. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. We have the authority according to Jesus. Now, don't get mad at me. Go talk to Jesus about this because it says here to lay hands on the sick. And Jesus sent the disciples to go out and here's what he said, go heal the sick. So he said, I want you to do it because I've given you power to do it. Now, we don't follow miracles. Miracles follow us. It doesn't say these believers shall follow miracles. It says these signs shall follow those that believe. Now, I want you to notice it doesn't say these signs shall follow Christians because there's a lot of Christians that have nothing following them but demons. All right, come on. How many preach? Type one. There's a lot of Christians that have no signs following them. No wonders following them. Are they Christians? Are they going to heaven? I'm not here to debate that because Paul said many are going to be barely saved. But what I want you to notice is it says these signs are going to follow believers. Could you be an unbelieving Christian? Absolutely. Could you be a Christian that doesn't believe in healing? There's millions of them. Could you be a Christian that doesn't believe in deliverance? There's millions of them. So when it comes to deliverance, speaking in tongues and healing, which this verse, Mark 16 specifically talks about, it says that this is going to happen for those that believe. You don't need a special anointing. You don't need a man of God to put a mantle on you. You don't need a special office. You can do it now. Now, there is a gift of healing and a gift of miracles according to the book of Corinthians, but that's a special anointing that comes upon you during ministry. It doesn't mean you can't pray for the sick right now. So every single person in the chat that identifies as a believer, as a believer, can actually lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Let's talk about John 14, 12. I'm giving you tons of verses. All of you Pharisees in the chat, just go find somewhere else to troll. John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Now, there's many things that we can say Jesus did that were works, but one of those works are miracles. These are one of the works, healing the sick. Now, we know deliverance, preaching the gospel, feeding the poor. All these were works that Jesus did, but one of the most prevalent and the most common work he did more than anything else was Jesus healed the sick. I don't understand. Now, I'm very impressed by every leader, pastor, and even Christian in the chat that could read the gospels and believe that God doesn't want to heal people. For you to believe God doesn't want to heal after reading the Gospels is to me so far out of thinking and so mind-blowing that that's even possible. Because when I read the Gospels, over and over, I see Jesus healing the sick. I see Jesus raising the dead. I see Jesus casting out demons. So you need to realize Jesus desires to heal today. In Matthew 14, 14, the Bible says, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. What was the motivating factor in Jesus when he was healing the sick and moving in miracles? Write this down, compassion. If you want to know the key to seeing miracles, this is going to change everything for you. If you want to know the secret component where I've seen my greatest miracles, my greatest deliverances, my greatest exploits I've seen God do was when I was moved by compassion. This is what motivated Jesus to heal people. This is what motivates us to lay hands on the sick. Jesus wants you healed. He made provision for your healing on the cross, but we can't be moved by competition 
We need to be moved by compassion. We can't be moved by having a video online. Like, okay, I'm going to pray for the sick person and then I'm going to be able to get a video and I'm going to get a lot of views on TikTok. That's not what motivates us. We can't be moved by if I lay hands and this person gets healed, the pastor will give me the microphone to testify on Sunday. So that's why I'm praying. My motivation is all about Jesus. All my great miracles I've seen where I saw people that couldn't walk, walk. I've seen people that had no taste, get taste. I've seen people come out of a coma. I've seen people that were supposed to be dead, come back to life. I have seen some of the most dramatic. I've seen deaf eye, deaf ears open. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen dramatic miracles. I felt bones move. I felt bones be created in my hand. I've seen ligaments move. I've seen tumors shrink in my hand. I've seen some of the greatest miracles that I've ever seen. And I'll tell you right now, every single one of those, the key ingredient was being moved by compassion. With me, there a brokenness in me saying, Lord, I know that you don't want this person sick and I don't want this person sick and I moved. It actually hurts me to see people sick. It actually hurts me when people tell me, Isaiah, I've been sick for this long. There's something in me moving me to pray for them. They're, I'm motivated by compassion. So what draws me to spend hours praying with people, what draws me to get li be live, I've been live for 190 hours plus this year. How have you been live for 190 hours? I'm gonna tell you why. You guys ready for my secret? Compassion. My secret is I see people that are broken, that are hurting, that are demonized, that are sick in body, that are lost, that are in the church, and no one's preaching truth to them. So what gets me out of bed is compassion. What makes me hit the live button when I don't want to go live is compassion. What gets me studying for hours and hours and hours and spending six to eight hours to prepare this message today is compassion. Everything I do is moving by compassion. This was the secret ingredient and the miracle working power of Jesus, and the miracle ministry of Jesus was compassion. It tells us, Matthew 14, 14, this is what moved the Lord. Like what moves Jesus? Compassion moves him. So if you have compassion on others, God has compassion on you and God has compassion on people. It moves him to move. It makes him want to move. So we need to be motivated by compassion. Jesus wants you healed and you need to know it is the will of God to heal people. It is the will of God to restore people. Now, I can't find any instance in the New Testament where God wanted someone sick. I can't find anywhere where someone came to him asking, Lord, would you physically heal me? And he said no and turned them away from physical healing. There's no instance of this happening. There's no instance where there's sickness in the New Testament that is a blessing in disguise, where the Lord's like, I'm blessing you for sickness. Now, the man that was born blind, he said, why was this? Was this the mother sin, father sin? He said, no, this is for the glory of God to be revealed. So there was a time for the guy to get healed for the glory of God to be revealed. God did not say, I'm blessing this guy. There's nowhere in the scripture where he says, I'm blessing you with sickness. Praise the Lord, I'm gonna bless you with sickness there's nowhere in the scripture where he says they come to him saying lord would you heal me and he said no i can't heal you go away none of that now there's times where like the pool of bethesda where he healed one guy and didn't heal everybody but those people didn't come to him for healing so every person listen to me closely come on the religious people are squirming right now there's no place where someone genuinely came to jesus and jesus said no i don't want to heal you so it's so that means this it is the will of god for me to be healed now, the devil wants you to believe that God wants you sick. The devil schemes. He, he goes like this and goes, I want you to believe. If you only believe, this is what God wants for you. And he sits there and he schemes and he plans to get you to believe that it's not the will of God to heal you. 
It's not the will of God. You're not good enough. Here's what the devil says. You're not good enough for God to heal. Or how about this one? You've already prayed so many times, and what is God going to heal you tonight? Why would God heal you now? God didn't heal you last week. Why would he heal you this week? God didn't heal you last month. Why is he going to heal you this month? You've already prayed this before, and this is what the devil says. God is teaching you something through this. God wants you to be healed. It's not God's will for you to be well. God is withholding on you. God is holding out on you. God doesn't love you the way you think he loves you, and the devil whispers these lies. And you stay in bondage because you bought into the lie that God wants you sick. No, Matthew 12, 15 says, And a great multitude followed him, and he healed them all. A-L-L. That means everyone that followed him that was sick, he healed them. He had compassion, and it was his desire to do it. So God absolutely, write this down, absolutely hates sickness. And God hates what it does to his people. And you and I should hate sickness as much as God does. And this is why I know God hates it. Sickness was not part of God's original plan for humanity. Remember, sickness came after sin came into the world. So much of Jesus' ministry revolved around him healing the sick and casting out demons. So if we understand we're Christians, representatives of Christ on the earth, this is a major calling and a major assignment for every single one of us to do this ministry. So stop doubting what God has given you power to do. God has given you power to heal the sick. And after Jesus was resurrected, we see in Acts chapter 5, the miracles continuing. For all of you that say, well, miracles didn't happen after Jesus died. Deliverance didn't happen after Jesus died. You're wrong. Acts chapter 5, the Bible says that a great multitude gathered from surrounding cities to Jerusalem. And then it says, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So what happened in Acts 5.16? They brought sick and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So you gotta remember, deliverance is also healing. When somebody gets delivered, they're also being healed spiritually. Deliverance is like spiritual healing, not always physical. Now, sometimes people will get delivered of a demon, and they will be physically healed immediately after, or, which we'll talk about the spirit of infirmity later, all the symptoms are gone. But what you need to understand is uh, healing and deliverance went into the book of Acts. So stop listening to all these religious YouTubers, please, that tell you that it's not for today. Now you're also gonna see sickness and deliverance or the healing of the sick and deliverance in the same verse or verses and Jesus was dealing with them together. So you're gonna see this pattern. You'll see they brought the sick and Jesus cast out their demons and healed them or you'll see they brought those that are demonized and those that were sick and Jesus healed all of them. And you'll see this also with the disciples. So always know that wherever you see demons and sickness, they usually will go side and side because a lot of times demons do cause sickness and I'll show you some open doors for sickness as we go. Some of this stuff I'm gonna show you you've never heard before because no one talks about why people get sick, but we're gonna talk about that. Now, not every sickness is demonic and not every demon causes sickness but demons do cause sickness. They do also stop us from being healed and demons love to make you sick. Demons want to make you sick. One of their job descriptions is to heal you, is to destroy you. And we know that the way people die often is through sickness. Now, here's one thing, this is a little bit, I don't know if this is too deep, but I want you to change your thinking and I want you to stop always thinking everything is natural when it comes to sickness. So every time someone gets sick, 
We always think like, oh, they're just sick. It's random. Like we're just playing roulette and there's a lottery. And you know, we always hear like so-and-so got cancer. Did you hear so-and-so got sick? And it's absolutely devastating every time. I hate sickness. God hates sickness. It's devastating. I don't ever want to belittle anyone that's sick. I don't ever want you to think it's less than, but I want you to change your mind and stop thinking that sickness is this random thing. Like one day Isaiah is going to wake up with cancer randomly. We always think sickness is random, but if we start looking at scripture, we're going to notice that there's more than meets the eye when it comes to people actually being sick. There's many other things that can happen for you to be sick. Now, sickness can be random, but it's usually and not always random. There's sometimes reasons why we're sick. I'll go to that in a little while, but I want you to notice deliverance and healing physically, they go hand in hand. Now, many people will quote Mark 16, 17, but they don't see the full context. I want you to see the full context. In Mark 16, 15 is where this commission starts. It says, and Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe. We all know this. If you're a Pentecostal, if you're a believer, if you're charismatic, you know this. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. They'll drink anything deadly. It'll be no means by it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Okay. But here's what's important that most people never talk about. Go to verse 20. You have your Bible open, go to verse 20. It says this, and they went out and preached everywhere. So where were they preaching? They were preaching everywhere, at school, at work, at the group, wherever they went, they were preaching. And then watch what it says. The Lord, oh, I love this. Come on, help me tonight, Holy Ghost. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. What are the accompanying signs? Mark 16, 17. They're going to speak with new tongues. They're going to cast out demons. They're going to heal the sick. They're going to drink deadly poison. Nothing's going to hurt them. And the Lord was working with them. Look at what it says here. The Lord was working with them, confirming the word with signs, healings, and miracles following. So you got to realize it wasn't just these signs shall follow those I believe. It was they actually did it. They went out preaching and as they were working, like, okay, I'm at school. Let's just be practical here. And I'm sharing with my coworker, or I'm sorry, I'm sharing with my colleague. You know, I'm, I'm a believer. I believe God can move. God healed me. God delivered me. I had depression. You're sharing your testimony. And then they tell you, man, I have sickness in my body or I have a demon or I'm depressed or I'm suicidal, right? They share with you. You just got in preaching to them the good news. How do we know or how do they know the good news is real and it's confirmed? The Lord is working with you, okay? Doing accompanying signs and wonders. Why? Because now you lay hands on them, God heals them, and all of a sudden they're going like, I have no doubt God's real. I don't need to be convinced. I don't need to tell anybody. Why? Because the Lord working with you did a sign and wonder to confirm the word. It was the accompanying signs. So you need to understand that God is working with you. When you're out praying for the sick, number one, God confirms the word that we preach. Number two, God is working with us. So you have to understand that the moment you lay your hand, and this is where I want our thinking to change. The moment you lay your hand on a sick person, this is not your work or your effort. Suddenly, the moment you, oh, come on, I feel the revelation coming here. The moment you lay your hand on the sick person, you're tagging in God. You're literally tagging him in. You're like, all right, tag, you're it, you're in. And he gets in there and he begins to do the work. 
Now, the only way you tag him in is by preaching and by laying hands and by believing. So if you ever want God to start working on your behalf, start praying for the sick, start doing deliverance, start doing these things. Now, don't believe all the religious people that say, well, if God wants to, he'll do it. No, he wants to work with you, but you need to realize it's the time you lay your hand on the sick. It's the time you start casting out demons. God gets involved and God begins to work according to Mark 16, 20. Put that in your notebook. It's important. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Jesus never taught healing. He didn't preach on healing. He preached the kingdom and demonstrated the kingdom. And healing is, if you're taking notes, healing is a benefit of the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 9 verse 11 says, But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. And he received them and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. So here's the crowd. He receives them. He starts teaching them about the kingdom of God. And here's what it says in the next verse, in the next sentence. And he healed all those who had need of healing. He healed all, everybody. He healed those who had need. So everybody gets healed here that needed to be healed because he's preaching on the kingdom and healing is in the kingdom. Notice he doesn't say he was preaching on salvation. He was preaching on deliverance. He was preaching on miracles. He wasn't. He was preaching on the kingdom and they got healed. So we cannot separate healing from forgiveness. Just like deliverance, healing is part of the provision Jesus made at the cross. He took on our pain so we can take on our healing. If you look at the paralyzed man in Mark chapter 2, remember, Jesus not only healed him, Jesus forgave him in Mark 2, 5. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are, for your sins are forgiven you. So he didn't even heal the guy. He first says, first, I'm going to forgive your sins. Why? Because sin and sickness, here's what I'm trying to teach you and draw a line tonight are attached so before jesus heals the paralyzed man he forgives the man's sin now in mark 2 verses 10 here's what he says but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins he said to the paralytic i say to you arise take up your bed and go to your house immediately he took up his bed and went into the went out in the presence of all of them. So they were all amazed and they all glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. But here's what I want you to realize. Before he healed him, he forgave his sin. Jesus dealt with sin and sickness. and felt he, In fact, he dealt with sin before the sickness. Why? Because it's possible that the sin could be an open door to sickness in our life. Absolutely. The very reason sickness is on the earth is because of sin. Sickness is a result of sin in the earth. Once the sin is forgiven, the power of sickness can be broken. Because remember, sin is the root and sickness is the fruit. Write that down. Sin is the root. Sickness is the fruit of sin. There was no sickness in the garden. Now, for some reason, we believe that God has forgiven us, but we don't believe that God wants to heal us. And our prayer tonight should be, Lord, help my unbelief. Many of you in the chat, you believe God can forgive you. You're like, oh yeah, I know I've been forgiven. But you have the hardest time believing that God can heal you. But just know that healing and forgiveness, they go hand in hand. So Jesus was not only healing the sick, but Jesus was also forgiving people's sin. In Acts 13, 38, I'm giving you tons of verses. It says, therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. So through Jesus being preached, there's forgiveness of sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. So God is not imputing trespasses onto us. He's imputing righteousness to us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. I have a video on the blood of Jesus where I talk all about this. So you need to start seeing yourself as forgiven. 
Now, if you've never seen yourself as forgiven, you're never going to see yourself as healed. So if you could see yourself, man, I'm forgiven. If you see yourself as forgiven type one, then now you go, okay, I'm not only forgiven, but I could also see myself healed in the body. So you got to connect these two. You're not only forgiven, you're also healed. Because if you cannot connect this, you're never going to see yourself as holy. You're never going to see yourself as righteous. You're never going to see yourself as delivered. You're never going to see yourself as healed. You're never going to see yourself as delivered. So this is all about seeing myself the way Christ sees me. And Christ says, you are healed. Past tense. You are healed in Jesus' name. And sickness loves to hang on to sin. This is what Jesus was doing when he sent the disciples to preach the gospel. People's sins are forgiven. The sickness has no root to hang on to. And then they're being healed. So after the sin is uh, forgiven, there's nothing for the sickness to hang on to. Then the sickness is removed. There's a reason why Jesus did things in order. He didn't just forgive the man's sin just because he wanted to. He did it in order to show us that there's sickness and sin attached, okay? So sin is the foundation of sickness. Once the foundation is removed, sickness crumbles at the power of the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 says, then God saw everything that he made and indeed it was very good. How many know sickness is not very good because God did not make it. Sin brought upon sickness, sin brought upon disease. In the beginning, God created everything perfect. There was no death, there was no sickness, no suffering, no loss. And Adam and Eve were at peace with God living in perfection. Now the Bible says in Romans 5, 12, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin. So Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 12 tells us that through one man, which is we already know is Adam, sin entered, okay? And through that sin, death came. So death through the sin. So what brought death and sickness? It was sin. So this released, when Adam sinned, it released the power of death and sickness into the earth. Sickness was not the original, if you're taking notes, the original plan of God. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this, I'm trying to help you change the way you think, because when you're sick in body, you need to look at your body, look at your life and say, this is not God's intention for my life. This is not God's plan for my life. This is not God's destiny for my life. God doesn't want this for me. God wants to heal me because God's original plan is that I would have wholeness. Jesus that I came to bring life and life more abundantly. And so when you start praying with this mindset, the will of God saying, I know that this is not my portion that God wants to break this, you're going to understand the plan of God because Jesus said his purpose was to bring life and life more abundantly. So we know that this is the plan of God is to give you life. You need to know this because if you know this, you won't be okay with being sick. Now I've traveled for 10 years. I've prayed for thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people for healing in their body, tens of thousands for healing in their body in the last 10 years. And I have met person after person after person that says, well, I want prayer, but you know, I think God wants this for me. I think God wants me to be sick because he's trying to teach me patience or he's teaching me to pray or something like that. And I can't find that in scripture because when I look at Jesus, he says, my plan is to bring you life and life more abundantly. Okay, that's my plan. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why Satan comes. But I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. So don't be fine. Don't be okay tonight when we pray because there's going to be power release when we pray. Don't be okay with being sick in body because healing the sick was one of the reasons Jesus came to earth. John 6, 38. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. So Jesus says, my ministry 
is to do the will of the Father. Because remember, Jesus said, I do nothing unless the Father first does it. I say nothing unless the Father first says it. So Jesus on earth was the will of the Father being unfolded. Acts 10, 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So this was Jesus' calling. God the Father anointed Jesus to go about healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So people that are oppressed by the devil do need healing. So Jesus went out healing all, doing the will of the Father, showing us the will of the Father is that we would bring healing to other people. So you need to understand it's the will of God. If you look at Mark 140, the leper said, if it's your will, heal me. And Jesus said, I, if you're willing, heal me. And Jesus said, I am willing, be healed. So it was his will. He was willing to heal the sick. So you need to understand that this is something God wanted to do. Mark 6, 56. Last one, and then we're going to go and do reasons why and open doors for sickness. But Mark 6, 56. Wherever he entered villages, cities, or in the country. Here's what the Bible says. They laid, in the, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. So you have to realize that they were laying out the sick and they were grabbing onto the hem of his garment and they were being healed. And tonight, I want to challenge you to grab onto the hem of his garment. I want to challenge you to be desperate for your miracle. Say, Lord, heal me. Lord, I need you. I prayed for myself today. I prayed for myself. I laid hands today on my neck because I was having neck pain and I was saying, Lord, heal me. And I was saying today before I even was preparing, got ready and finished my message tonight, I was in, my, I was in the bathroom just about to brush my teeth and I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to preach on healing today. I need to pray for myself. And I started praying, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. And you know what? I have no neck pain right now. And I'm believing God is healing me. I'm believing. Now, this is not a big deal. Neck pain is like whatever, right? For some of you that have cancer disease, but I'm coming into alignment with what God's will is for my life. And God's will for my life is that I wouldn't be sick as I wouldn't be in pain. So I'm going to lay hands on myself and I'm going to believe for God to do it. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I'm not just preaching to you guys, but I'm telling you right now, it's God's desire. Now, the very fact that our bodies are designed to fight sickness and heal themselves is a testimony to the fact that God wants us well, healthy, strong, and to defeat sickness. If you get sick in your body, just think about this, okay? Because I'm just telling some, some of you are still like, oh, I don't believe that. I'm just... If you get sick right now, right now you get sick in your body, and some of you are, you're going to get healed tonight, you have to understand, your body is going to begin to fight against the sickness. That's what your body's going to do. Your body's going to fight off the sickness. Who designed your body? Who formed you and fashioned you in your mother's womb? God did. So if God designed, think about this, maybe no one's ever made you think this way. If God designed the human body to fight sickness off, then it shows me it's God's will for you to not have sickness in your body. Sickness is demonic. Sickness is a result of sin. And God doesn't want it in your body. And he made your body have defenses to fight it off. So I already know by divine design that God wants you healed in your body because sickness gets fought off the moment it enters. Now, if your body didn't fight off sickness, it would be hard to say that, but your body fights off sickness. Now, let's talk about... I'm going to listen. I want you just to expand your thinking and just open up your heart tonight because I want to talk about some possible and we'll go like 20 more minutes here. Probably who knows possible open doors for sickness. 
Now, I've never heard anyone talk about this and people don't talk about this. I know it's a touchy subject, but the Lord has been revealing this and showing me we need to talk about this because there is reasons why people are sick in body. It's not just random that people get sick. It's not just random that disease happens. Now, there are random mutations and it's possible that it can be random, but more times than not, it's not by random act that you just get sin. So let's talk about some possible open doors. Now, if you're sick in body right now, I'm not saying that this is why you're sick, that these are the reasons. And I'm giving you only probably four or five. There's many other reasons. So don't think, oh, I must be on this list because I'm sick in body. No, you might be sick in body because of another reason, but these are some possible reasons. Number one is personal sin. Now I know a lot of pastors are not gonna preach this, not gonna share this, but according to Jesus, it's possible for personal sin to cause physical affliction. Now, I want you to know it's not Jesus giving you the sickness. If you have personal sin and you get sick because of it, it's not God putting sickness on you. Sickness is a result, I hope you know, of sin. Sin is the root. Sickness is the fruit. So we know that when sin came, right, sickness also came. So personal sin in our lives can be an open door for sickness as well as become because sin is the root of sickness and as well as take it could take root in our life because of personal sin because remember sickness is built on the foundation of sin now let me show you this in scripture because some of you are like there's no way let me show you this in scripture john chapter 5 the story of the man at the pool of bethesda we watched this on the chosen last week jesus is ministering to an individual that's been sick for 38 years he's been suffering he's lame he cannot walk for 38 years he's been suffering with this illness now, after being healed, Jesus is going to show us how personal sin is connected to sickness. Because if I didn't have a verse, I wouldn't be able to say this. John 5, 14, watch what happens. Now, later on, he gets healed and Jesus and him meet again. Now, Jesus said to him, and they meet in the temple. Jesus said to him, see, you have been made well. This is what Jesus says. Sin no more, lest a worse thing comes upon you. Some translators say, lest a worse sickness comes upon you. Now, what was the thing that was upon him? Ding, 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 type in the chat, sickness. For 38 years, sickness was upon him. Jesus came, healed him, took the sickness off of him, and then Jesus sees him later in John 5, 14, and says, don't sin anymore. Don't keep sinning, because something worse could come on you. A worse sickness could come on you. So Jesus was attaching. Now, Jesus didn't say, oh, you don't worry about it. You're covered. And, you know, sickness and sin have nothing in common. And you don't have to worry if you sin. No, Jesus said, if you keep sinning, if you go on doing that, something worse, a worse sickness can come. Now, is it possible? Now, the fact that Jesus said sin no more implies that it was the man's sin. That was the problem in the first place. So sin didn't stop the healing, but it was the cause of sickness. Is it possible, listen to me closely, that friends and family, personal, uh, person, our personal lives, that we are sick in our bodies because we're involved in pornography, we're involved in adultery, we're involved in lust, we're involved in uh, lying, we're involved in cheating, we're involved in scamming people, we're involved in blasphemy, we're involved in idolatry. Think about this. We randomly get sick, right? Someone goes off and commits adultery. And then like a year later, they're sick in their body and they end up super, super sick. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Does anybody ever stop and say, wait a minute. Do you think that that's possible that that guy went and committed adultery, went and got, you know, cheated on his wife and whatever, and that that cancer or diabetes or, uh, or you know, high blood pressure or heart disease or liver failure, is it even possible that his sin caused him to be sick? Well, according to this, it is possible. 
So you have to realize that there are consequences to sin. Are you covered by the blood? Yes. But Jesus didn't say, oh, you're covered by the blood, brother. Don't worry. And I'm going to show you in the New Testament later that actually Paul addresses a church where because of their sin, they were sick and dying. Paul actually says you're sick and dying because of the sin in your life. So I want you to get the fear of God in you. I want you to stop thinking that everything's random. People die, you know, get cancer, get this because no big deal. They get the flu or they just die and they get high blood pressure, diabetes. But you have to realize it could be sin in our lives that actually causes sickness. And I already told you not every sickness will be because of these reasons, but these are some reasons to start thinking about. To be a spiritual Christian, read your Bible and say, wait a minute. Sickness is connected to personal choices. Now, let me make this argument stronger. You can't get lung cancer from smoking if you've never smoked. Now, how many know if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, okay, it looks like you have lung cancer from smoking. Your lungs have smoke all in them. It's damaged. Your lung tissue is black. And you say, doctor, I've never smoked before. No one in history has gotten lung cancer from smoking that hasn't smoked. So is it safe to say the action or act of smoking is connected to that cancer? Absolutely. It's like saying I got liver failure from drinking, but I never drank before. Or I have heart problems for being overweight. Imagine me coming to you guys and saying, hey guys, I went to the hospital and I have heart problems. The doctor says it's because from being overweight. And everyone of you would say, Isaiah, you are 130 pounds. You're not overweight. Exactly. So you have to realize actions are tied into sicknesses. If I'm overweight from eating and eating and eating, it's, I'm prone to heart problems. If I'm drinking every day, I'm prone to liver problems. If I'm smoking every day, I'm prone to lung cancer. So here we see sins, which if you didn't know, smoking, drinking, and overeating are all sins. If you didn't know, it's called gluttony. All three of those are attached to a sickness, and that's not even a Christian that would believe that. That's the world that teaches that. Yet why is it we don't believe that sickness is attached to actions. It is, it is. Personal sin can be an open door to sickness in our life. These are actual choices and actions that are connected to sickness. It's not always random. Some sickness, some is connected to personal choices. Now, let me make it clear. Not all sickness is connected or can be pointed to a personal sin, but there are some that are pointed to personal sins according to what Jesus told the man at the pool of Bethesda. Personal sin can be the source of the problem. So many people, listen to me right now, in the in cults or that dabble in the occult, they get sick in their body. I deal with many people all the time that are coming out of the occult or they're coming out of witchcraft or they're coming out of divination, tarot card reading, crystal balls, whatever it is, and they're sick in body. They get sick in body and they're like, I started getting sick when this happened, right? Right when I started dabbling in witchcraft, I got sick. So that action is connected to that sickness celebrities that say i sold my soul to satan which by the way um satan can't buy your soul because you don't own your soul god does but they say i sold my soul i made a contract it's possible i made a contract with the devil and then they got sick in their body after i had one celebrity i listened to an interview on said they got fibromyalgia right when they made that deal with satan they got fibromyalgia and they have pain all over the body unexplainable okay or people that have incredibly perverse lifestyles they get sick in their body and they die of sickness and people don't realize it was the perversion the iniquity and the sin that caused them to get sick because sickness is demonic. So you're telling me these choices and sin is not all connected to sickness? It's absolutely connected. Okay, number two way that you could be open the door to sickness is strife and bitterness. One thing I've seen over and over and over, guys, in praying for the sick and people that are sick in body is people who are bitter get sick. 
Write that down. People who are bitter get sick. I can't count how many times I've seen a bitter person get sick or someone who's always in strife or at odds with people get sick. People that hold unforgiveness, people that hold resentment, they end up sick in the hospital and they end up being bitter and angry at people and at God for whatever reason, strife and bitterness opens the door. James chapter three, verses 14 through 16, it says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. And listen to what James says. This is Jesus' half-brother. This wisdom does not descend from above. It is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So James is telling us if there's self-seeking, if there's bitterness, if there's envy, if there's strife, contention, every evil thing is there. So you have to realize bitter envy, self-seeking, these are all open doors for sickness. Now is sickness evil? Yes. So if he says all, every evil thing is there, is sickness attached to the every evil thing? Absolutely. Where these things are, according to James, sickness dwells. So it's safe to say we're strife, we're envy, we're bitterness, we're self-seeking. These are all things where an open door comes, where sickness is able to come and take root. Sickness is able to come and produce fruit. That sin grows in our life. Sin gives birth to death, the Bible says. Okay, James is going to go on in chapter 5, verse 16 to say, Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, I never saw this until I was preparing. James connects confessing your trespasses, which is your sins. He says, confess them to each other and pray and you're going to be healed. I never saw this before. James actually ties in confessing sin to being healed in your physical body. Again, where I'm making my point stronger that all of these sickness and issues are a result of having sin or trespasses or, or strife or envy with each other. And James is making his point stronger two chapters later saying, you have to realize this is why you guys are sick. Now, 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen, the strongest point I can make here. Paul addresses the church of Corinth about the same issues. So he says this, first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And then he says, there's bickering and fighting and bitterness and strife. And now Paul says in chapter 11, verse 29, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself. Now discerning, the, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many of you are weak and sick and are asleep. Now, when he says in our sleep, that means you're dead. So he says, because you're not eating the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner, you're actually getting physical sickness. And many of you are dying of physical sickness because the sin in your life. Now, eating and drinking in an unworthy manner, he says, hey, what is that? It's a direct reference to gluttony, drunkenness, and shaming those that had nothing. Not only were they overeating at the Lord's table. Listen to me, guys. Come on, stay with me. They were getting drunk at the Lord's table. They were getting drunk. And we're finding all this in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty one. They were getting drunk and they were shaming the poor people. They were like, you guys are poor. You have nothing. Look at what we have. So he says, because of your drunkenness, because of your overeating, and because you're shaming the poor, Paul says, you're getting sick in your body, your physical body, and you're dying because of your actions. So again, Paul is going to correlate sickness with sin okay this is all in your bible don't say i'm making this up that's not possible i'm giving you scripture jesus and i'm giving you paul okay number three now this is where you guys are going to stop liking me here number three open door for sickness is a poor diet yes there's a poor diet this is in scripture and this is very important to note not all sickness comes from personal sin bitterness or a demonic spirit 
but also sickness can come from a poor diet. In 1 Timothy 5.23, Paul addresses Timothy. Now, Timothy had frequent infirmities, Paul said, and he says, you need to drink a little bit of wine because you're only drinking water. And back then there was bacteria. Scholars say there was parasites and germs in the water. And the little bit of wine would be a natural remedy to kill the bacteria that, um, that Timothy had in his stomach. So Paul writes Timothy and says, Timothy, don't drink only water, drink a little bit of wine. Now he didn't say get drunk. He didn't say drink. This was not pleasure drinking. This was not one beer at the house. Listen to what he was happening. He was getting sick from the drinking water. And Paul said, drink a little bit of wine, a sip of wine, so that it would kill the bacteria in your stomach. Now here's what I want you to notice. For all of you that are super spiritual like me, I'm very spiritual. Listen to what he didn't say. Paul didn't say, I'm going to pray for you to be healed. Now, Paul is praying for the sick. Acts 19, Paul, you're laying hands and power is going forth and miracles are going forth. And your boy, Timothy's sick in his body. He's having nonstop infirmities. He's having stomach aches all the time. And Paul's like, oh, Timothy, just drink a little bit of wine. Drink a sip of wine to kill the bacteria. And Timothy's like, why don't you pray for me? Because notice what happens here. Paul is addressing that personal diet matters. It matters what you're eating, what you're drinking. This would be a remedy. So he didn't say, um, you know, I'm going to come cast a demon of infirmity out of you. Or he didn't say, Timothy, I'm going to come lay hands on you when I get over there. He said, no, Timothy, you need to change your diet because the sickness is attached to the poor diet. So stop blaming the devil for having a poor diet. If you're getting sick all the time because of a poor diet or a weak immune system, it's not the devil, it's McDonald's. Come on, somebody help me preach. It's not the devil, it's your poor choices. And I think the devil gets way too much credit for our poor choices. Like, cast this demon out of me. I cannot cast a bad diet out of you. I'm sorry, I can't. There's no demon of a bad diet. Now, is there a spirit of gluttony? Yes. Is there a demon of anorexia? Yes, but there's not a demon of poor diet. So you need to make diet choices. Now, this is not a diet live stream. I am the last guy that you ever want to get diet advice from, okay? Because I eat once a day, if that, and my diet's terrible. But I'm letting you know that if you're sick in body, it could also be a diet. Healing and deliverance is not a quick way out of poor choices. Don't blame Satan, blame McDonald's, okay? That's what's causing you to be sick. If you're out at the drive-thru every day, if you got Starbucks every day eating a, you know, a Frappuccino that has like 1,400 calories, all sugar, rotting your teeth, and you're like, the devil's giving me cavities and I'm at the dentist. No, it's the caramel Frappuccino, extra caramel, extra whip, and, and caramel in the cup, and, and twice a day, that's what's giving you cavities. The devil's not giving you cavities. Do not come to me asking me, oh, Isaiah, would you just come pray because you know I have all these cavities in my mouth, I'm having sores and pain then maybe you should stop drinking two Frappuccinos every day and going to McDonald's and getting a sweet tea. So I want you to realize, I don't want to shame. I'm not shaming anybody, but I want you to recognize, guys, that we make poor choices and we blame the devil. Healing and deliverance is not a quick way out. So don't blame Satan for all these things. Now, I eat once a day usually. I have a poor diet. I'm being honest with you. I have a poor diet. I usually eat little, and when I do, it's not super good. I do once in a while to make myself feel better. I'll drink like those uh, health shakes, the naked shakes that have all the fruit and stuff. And they're not even really probably good for you, but I'm like, oh, it has 40 blueberries and two pineapples, and I haven't eaten fruit since like 1998. I mean, literally, like I haven't had any fruit since 1998. I'm going to drink one of these, and it's like eating four oranges. Now, it's not as good for you if you juice it than eating it naturally but i have a poor diet and often days when i'm gonna stream i have headaches and i'm nauseous oftentimes and then i'm like i don't bind demons it's not spiritual warfare it's my body starving for calories that's what it is so i don't need to bind demons i need to go eat something and guys i lost my appetite when i got saved i've never gotten it back i don't know 
It's the thorn in my flesh, okay? But I just never have an appetite. But I want you to recognize, someone said that's so much sugar in there. I want you to recognize that these are diet choices that can cause sickness. Okay, the last one I want to talk about that can cause sickness is the spirit of infirmity. Okay, so we talked about uh, personal sin. We talked about bitterness, envy, and strife. We talked about diet. Come on, help me. And then spirit of infirmity is another thing. We need to do another teaching on this because I'm barely scratching the surface here and we're an hour and 15 minutes in and I still want to pray for the sick. The spirit of infirmity is our fourth open door and things. the reason why you could be sick. Luke 13, 11 says, and behold, there was a woman who had, listen to what it says, who had a spirit of infirmity. 18 years and was bent over and could no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, women, you are loosed. He didn't say healed. He said, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. So this woman was demonized for 18 years by a spirit. The spirit was actually causing her sickness. She did not need healing prayer. She needed deliverance. She actually needed to be loosed from a demonic spirit because it was the demonic spirit that was causing her to be sick in her body. And Jesus loosed her from the power of the demonic spirit. In Matthew 8, 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demonized and he cast out spirits with his word and he healed all who were sick. So here we see deliverance connected here to sickness. Now in these situations, doctors usually will not be able to provide a remedy. They're not going to have a solution to the problem. They're often going to say, we don't know the cause. We know you're sick. We believe you're sick, but we don't know why. That's usually a telltale sign that there's a spirit of infirmity or a demon at work making you sick. Remember, a doctor will not be able to find a demon. So if you keep going to the doctor over and over, trying to get the demon figured out, you're not going to get freedom. You need to go get deliverance, not a doctor, because the demon is causing the sickness and the doctor cannot give you an x-ray machine to tell if there's a demon there. Now, there's 100% a place for doctors. There's a place for medicine, but there's also 100% a place for deliverance. So it's not doctor or deliverance. It's this and that. It's both, okay? It's not one or the other. I have lots of family in medical. I believe in medical. I take my kids to the doctor. I go get checked up. I'm not one of those guys that's like, I'll just pray and let my kid die because if God doesn't heal him, it's not as well. No, I'll, I'll pray first. Pray first. That's what I always do. And then if the prayer doesn't, God doesn't do it right away, let's take him to the doctor and see what's going on. But just know that there is absolutely a place for medicine and doctors and physicians in scripture. Luke was a doctor, y'all. I don't know if you know this. The person who wrote the book of Acts was a medical doctor. So there is a place for medical in scripture, but you have to realize if it is a demon, a doctor's not going to be able to help you. And usually pills are not going to be able to help you if it is a demon. So medicine and surgery cannot break the spirit of infirmity off of someone. Only someone who walks in the power of God can. So this was a spiritual condition causing physical issues. Now I've dealt with various demons that cause sickness. Now I want to say this. It's not only the spirit of infirmity that can cause sickness because I've met other demons that cause sickness. And I don't know if it's any demon I don't know if it's like a certain rank of demon or a certain level of demon, but other demons can cause sickness, not just the spirit of infirmity, but usually the spirit of infirmity is the main culprit for sickness when it comes to the demonic. Demons also hide in body parts and they wreak havoc in that body part. I don't know how this works. Again, we see in part, we prophesy in part, we look through a lens darkly, but demons do hide in body parts. I've had demons say I'm hiding in their throat, I'm hiding in their arm, I'm hiding in their foot, I'm hiding in their back, and then the person will say I've had 
pain in my shoulder. I've had pain in my hip for years and years. And the demon will actually live in that body part. Again, it's spiritual. I don't understand it. I can't give you a verse or a logical explanation. I just know that demons can hide in body parts. I know religious people are going to squirm here and go, oh, where's that in the Bible? And my answer is, it's not in the Bible. I don't know where demons can hide in body parts, but I know that demons live inside of us. So if a demon can live inside of me and my body parts are part of me, then it's very safe to say demons can live inside of body parts. So if I'm doing deliverance, sometimes you'll hear me say, I command you to come out of that body part. I command you to come out of their throat. I command you to come out of their arm. If you've ever been delivered, you know that you felt demons moving around. How did you feel them moving around? They were moving around your body parts. If you felt a demon in your stomach, then you felt it in your throat. And then you said, I felt a demon right here in my throat. The demons in your throat okay we cast it out and then you feel it coming out through your mouth or you feel it crawling down your arm demons can get in body parts so just know that religious people are going to say it's fake it's okay we think they're fake as well so you have to realize various demons out of the right in there just for fun but various demons can cause sicknesses and tonight we're not just going to pray for healing we're also going to pray for deliverance so when i pray for the sick i don't ever just pray for the sick I also come against the demonic spirits that might be causing the sickness because when you're praying for the sick and healing the sick and in another video, um, because I don't have time to do it tonight, I'll go into all the ways that the sick could be healed. There's many other ways that the sick could be healed, but you need to understand that oftentimes the spirit of infirmity wreaks havoc in your body and it won't let up until you get deliverance. So you guys got to realize we need to know what we're dealing with. A demon of, demon of infirmity can be cast out but an unhealthy lifestyle cannot be cast out. So if you're living unhealthy, I can't cast it out of you. And if there's a demon, I'm telling you right now, if there's a demon, I could cast it out. So your doctor can't do anything. Now, if it's not a demon, if God doesn't heal you, I'm not a medical doctor. So you need to go see your doctor or your physician. Do not go cold turkey on your medicine tonight saying, I'm just going to believe God and then end up dying. Do we believe God can heal you? Yes. Do we believe it's God's will to heal you tonight? Yes. Do we believe God wants to restore every person? Absolutely. But understand his ways are not our ways. Our job is to partner with God. Our job is to believe. If it's a personal sin in our life going, causing the, the sin, then Lord, forgive me my sin. Forgive me tonight, Lord. Heal me tonight, God, I repent. If it's a demon, then tonight, Lord, deliver me. If it's a diet change I need, then Lord, help me to change my diet. I need to change it. If it's bitterness and strife, forgive me, Lord. I release this unforgiveness. Who am I, I have unforgiveness towards? I need to get rid of it. I need to break it. I need to stop bickering and fighting. Whatever the cause is, God wants to heal you and restore you tonight. God wants to renew you. Now, again, uh, natural medicine. And doc, whatever the doctors give you and their doctors help you, all this stuff God can use. God can use all of this. Again, Luke was a physician, a doctor. God can use this to bring healing and restoration. But we always believe for God's divine healing. This is God's order. This is God's way. And this is why he took on the stripes. So with that being said, we're going to pray for healing right now. Now, listen, I'm going to go into another video. Maybe I'll post it this weekend or next um, in the next few weeks about the ways that God heals. But here's one of the ways that God heals. God heals based on faith and God can actually heal according to scripture, somebody, a friend or family based on your faith, based on your belief, you believing, saying, Lord, I, I, I'm asking you to heal them because of my faith. And they're not even here they're not in the broadcast they're not listening god can heal them in proxy you can stand in the gap you can intercede just like the centurion soldier had a, a servant that was sick jesus healed him said all right you have the faith i'll heal him the man wasn't there the man didn't have the faith just like the syrophoenician woman's daughter wasn't there jesus delivered her at a distance so you can stand in the gap tonight so maybe you're not sick in body but you know someone's sick in body and you're standing in the gap for them tonight do that as we pray now if you are sick in body I want you to lay your hand on wherever you are that is sick. 
If you're in a house and there's multiple people and there's people that are sick, start laying hands. This is interactive right here because we're going to begin to pray for the healing power of God. Now, this is the most important part, so don't get off here. And praise the Lord, 3,700 incredible numbers tonight. Before we pray for healing, we're going to pray deliverance, okay? We're going to deal with these pesky demons that have been causing sickness, and we're going to command them to come out of you. So if you have a spirit of infirmity, I'm going to help you do the renouncing. If there's a spirit of sickness there, here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to get ready for the demon to leave you. That's what I want you to do. So right now, get yourself ready. The demon's going to come up out of you. It's going to come through your throat. It's going to come right out of your mouth. It's going to go right into the abyss, okay? That's what's going to happen. I'm not saying maybe if. That's what's going to happen. When I start praying for you, those demons, those unclean spirits, that spirit of infirmity, according to Luke 13, those spirits are going to leave you, okay? So be ready for every sickness, every demon to leave you. And then we're going to pray healing. If you just need healing, we're going to pray for that. We're going to release healing. And this is going to be a place right now where the Holy Spirit could just begin to restore, could just begin to renew, could begin to make new. And if you need a creative miracle, God can also do that. There's plenty of extra body parts. God could create them. If God created your entire body, if God created the whole world in seven days, then God could give you a new body part. I've seen God do this. If you need an eardrum, if you need a hip replacement, a knee, whatever it is that you need healing of, believe God. And I'm standing right here. Look, I'm holding your hand. We're hand in hand tonight, okay? I'm holding your hand tonight. I'm believing and I'm standing with you that you will be healed in Jesus' name, okay? You will be healed in Jesus' name. So right now, I just want you to renounce. We're going to renounce all sickness, okay? So I want you just to repeat after me. I want you to say, I renounce every spirit of infirmity. I renounce every demon causing sickness. Okay, say that. I renounce every demon causing sickness. I renounce all infirmity. Just begin to say infirmity. Whatever sickness you have, just begin to say, I renounce it. I, I release it. I don't want it. And then I want you to say, sickness has no place in me. Okay? Spirit of infirmity, you cannot live here any longer. You must go in Jesus' name. Just right now, in your own words, say, Spirit of infirmity, you cannot live in me. You must go in Jesus' name. I don't want you any longer. You must leave my body now. Just begin to say it out loud. Say it verbally. Spirit of infirmity, leave me in Jesus' name. Okay? And then I'm going to begin to pray for you. So right now, I bind every spirit of infirmity in Jesus' name. Spirit of infirmity, you have no power. Every demonic spirit that is attached to sickness, I bind you in Jesus' name. I bind you now. You have no power. The Lord himself rebukes you, Satan. And Satan, you must leave these people now in Jesus' name. Every demonic spirit, every unclean power, come out now in Jesus' name. Come up through their throat, out of their mouth, and go into the abyss and never return. Every spirit of infirmity, out in Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. Come on, wherever you are listening, just open your mouth, let it come out of you. Out in Jesus' name. Leave these people now. Every demon attached to sickness, every demon causing sickness, I command you to leave in Jesus' name. You have no legal right. You have no power. And I serve you an eviction notice signed by the Holy Spirit that you are leaving now in Jesus' name. All sickness is broken in Jesus' name. The power of sickness is broken in Jesus' name. Every spirit leave. Spirit of bitterness. Spirit of strife. Spirit of unforgiveness. Spirit of contention, you are bound. The blood is against you, Satan. The fire of God is against you. Come out of these people now. Come out of these people now in Jesus' name. Leave in Jesus' name. You have no power. You have no power. The Lord rebukes you. Come out now in Jesus' name. Father, right now, I pray, deliver these people. Right now, Lord, every single person listening, I pray, Holy Ghost, deliver them right now. Every spirit, go. Every spirit, go. Come on, if you're praying, type it in the chat. Leave in Jesus' name. Leave in Jesus' name. 
Ashley says she's burping. Come on, it's coming out now. Go, go. I'm going to stop when the Holy Ghost releases me. But right now, I'm going to pray this deliverance. Then we're going to pray for healing. Go now. Go now. Every spirit attached to sickness, leave these bodies now. Leave these bodies now. Go into the abyss in Jesus' name. Spirit of bitterness, come up and out now. Spirit of unforgiveness, come up and out now. You have no place. The Lord rebukes you. The Lord rebukes you in Jesus' name. The Lord rebukes you in Jesus' name. Leave right now. Leave right now. You are bound, Satan. You are bound, Satan. Go in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, just free them right now. Leave in Jesus' name. I'm crying. I'm yawning. I'm coughing. I'm burping. I'm vomiting. People all over the chat right now are being delivered. Every spirit must go. Satan, this is not your home. Demons, this is not your home. Get out of these people. These are the children of God. These are the sons and daughters of God. Leave them immediately. Leave them immediately in Jesus' name. Go now, go now, go now in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Deliverance in Jesus' name. Go. Addiction, go. Bitterness, go. Right now, fibromyalgia, all pain in the body that's from demons. You know who you are. Leave in Jesus' name. Leave in Jesus' name. Get out. Get out, spirits. Spirit of blindness, get out now. Deafness, get out now. Infirmity, go in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, we're going to pray healing. Wherever you're at, whatever body part you need healing, if it's your kidneys, your liver, your blood, whatever it is, lay your hand in whatever part of your body there's pain and, and just get ready because the Lord is going to work with you right now. The Bible says the Lord will work with you when you pray for the sick. So I want you to be ready for the Lord to begin to flow through your body. As we pray, we're coming in agreement. Jesus said, if you come in agreement, there's power in agreement. And there's power when we pray together. So as we're praying for you right now, there's power in agreement. Okay. Matthew 18, 19. If two or three agree on something in earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done by my father who's in heaven. We need to agree on this. We need to come in agreement. I'm going to agree with you now that you're healed. So wherever it is, put it on your body part. And we're going to pray healing father right now. Lord, we pray. Lord, release your healing power in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would release the power to heal according to your word, that you took lashes so that we can be healed. You took on our pain. So Father, I pray over every person listening, every person watching on the replay, listening on the podcast, I say right now over your body, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. We release the power of God over you now. We command your body to come in alignment with God's word. We command your body to be healed and restored in Jesus name eczema be healed diabetes be healed high blood pressure back pain foot pain asthma go migraines go liver pain go hip hip pain go heal spur leave now in Jesus name right now every sickness get out of the body now we pray Lord over infertility that you would open up the wombs of every person that's dealing with infertility right now Lord that they would prosper they'd be fruitful multiply Lord right now Release your healing power, Lord, in Jesus' name. Right now, as we stretch out our hands, I pray the healing power of God would be released into your home, into your car, into your room. Arthritis, go now. Fibroids, go now. Epilepsy, migraines, go, go, go. Sis, go. Father, right now, heal the bodies. Lord, we're doing what your word says. We're praying for the sick. And Father, I pray that you would have your way right now, Jesus. Have your way. Have your way in Jesus' name, according to your word, God all sickness, that by your stripes we are healed, that you are Jehovah Rapha, you are the God that heals. You are our healer. You are the God that healeth thee. Your word says that you are the God that heals. And Father, we just pray, Jehovah Rapha, right now, Lord, heal in Jesus' name. I speak from the top of the soles of your feet, the healing power of God right now. Over eyes, we say be healed right now. Kidney failure, be healed. Insomnia, food allergies, seizures, brain damage right now. 
autism. Lord, we just pray your healing power. Jaw pain right now. Right now. Lower back. Father, I pray healing right now. I pray over necks, be healed, backs, be healed, legs, joints, ligaments, tendons. Come on, type in the chat. What do you need healing over? Father, bring your healing power right now. Touch this house. Lord, anoint them to heal the sick. Anoint them to heal the sick in Jesus' name. Anoint them to heal the sick in Jesus' name. Spines are being healed right now. The Lord is healing spines in Jesus' name. Depression. Leave these people now. Stomach pains, cancers, wrist pains, neuropathy. Thank you, Lord, that you're healing right now. Thank you, Lord. You're healing family members. You're healing friends. You're restoring right now. In Jesus' name. Some of you have friends and family that are sick in the hospital. COVID-19, we come against that sickness now. Lord, heal those that have COVID right now in Jesus' name. Lord, heal their respiratory system. Heal their body. Heal their mind. Restore them. Renew them. Spirit of death, go in Jesus' name. Spirit of death, go. Spirit of death, go. Heart disease, go. Tinnitus, go. Stomach pain, allergies, Alzheimer's. Lord, healing right now over your people. These are your people, Lord, and I just pray that you would heal them and restore them. It's not about me. It's about you, Jesus. Healing right now, Lord. He's also anointing people to heal the sick. He's also anointing people right now. If you feel heat in your hands, the Lord is anointing you. I feel heat all through my hands. God is activating something. Oftentimes, that healing gift activates when you feel that heat sometimes, and that's an activation happening right now in your hands. Right now, Lord, I pray that every person would be released to heal the sick according to your word. Lord, remove any unbelief in us, God. Remove any unbelief in us that we can't do this or we're not qualified or we're not educated. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, autoimmune disease. Right now, go, go. Depression, go. Food allergies, go. Ankle swelling, hip pain. Father, I pray new hips, new ears, new eyes. Lord, right now, migraine headaches, sinuses, congestion, God. Bring healing right now. Pneumonia, Father, heal. Birth defects, God. I pray you'd restore them, Lord. Make them... Make them, Lord, make their bodies in the way you intended in the garden according to your word, God. I pray that their bodies would come in alignment with your word. Lord, just like you did miracles in the Bible, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever according to the book of Hebrews. Father, heal, heal, heal the womb right now. Lord, every female issue, female complication, Father, Holy Ghost, just bring healing right now. Bring healing right now. Over your niece, I see you right there. Over your niece, bring healing right now. Tumors, Father, please, God, we're moved tonight by compassion. Please, Lord, heal your people. Lord, we ask you tonight, heal your people. Sickle cell, HIV. Lord, new mindset right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pituitary gland tumor right now. Go tumor in Jesus' name. Healing be released, Father, over our families. Right now, just begin to pray. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin to pray for our families. Uh, aunts, uncles, cousins, kids. You don't have to all, say all their names, but just begin to pray right now for any sick family member. Any sick family member, Father, we pray right now our sick family members, heal them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray over every sick family member, heal them in Jesus' name. Come on, aunts, uncles, cousins, children. Lord, heal them of depression, anxiety, fear, nerve damage, sciatic nerve. Lord, do what, you're, do what only you can do. Do your work over our grandmothers, our grandfathers, our family with cancer, God. Lord, forgive their sins, God. Forgive their sins and heal their body, Lord. Forgive their sins and heal their body, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we pray today that you would just begin to restore. You'd begin to renew. Come on, people are getting healed right now. People are typing in the chat. They're getting healed right now. Father, do your, do your work. Here, I'll put the chat on screen for you guys. Do your work, Lord. Do your work, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Digestive tract. Thank you, Father, right now that you're healing bowels in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name, Father, heal everyone in their bowels, God, in their digestive tract, in their intestines. I pray, Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. I see someone, IBS, IBD, be healed. Parkinson's, be healed. In Jesus' name, rheumatoid arthritis, be healed in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now, bring healing in Jesus' name over our kids and family. Just keep posting those right there in the chat as we all pray. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. In the nervous system, I pray, be healed. In the frontal lobe, whoever has that brain damage, memory loss, whatever that is right there, I pray, Lord, that you would heal the brain. Heal the brain in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you that you are the master physician. Have your way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Have your way. Holy Ghost, have your way right now. Limpnoids, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Trauma, we pray, Lord, healing in Jesus' name. Alcohol and drug addiction is broken in Jesus' name. Come on, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you're healing right now. I'm telling you guys, the Lord is healing you. The Lord is healing you. Here's what I want to do. If you felt a healing touch from God, if you felt God bringing healing over you, I want you to type one in the chat right now. If you felt God right now bring healing over you, bringing restoration over you, I want you to type one in the chat. Type one in the chat. Father, heal him right now. Heal him right now. Come on, I just want to see on screen. Those of you that felt something changing, you felt a healing touch, like you know God is healing you, you feel something changing. Look at this, guys. All these people being touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys froze my thing. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. Thank you, Lord. This is not, this is not me doing anything, y'all. This is the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus. We're just vessels that God works with. Thank you, Lord, for healing all these people, Lord. You're healing them right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Guys, we have to do a part two of this. Um, we're going to get into the practical of actually how to heal the sick coming soon. Uh, or maybe we'll make a video on it because I want to get into more in-depth on healing the sick, doing miracles, seeing miracles, believing for miracles. I want you guys, if this blessed you tonight, I'm going to stay on and read the donations. If you're new, I stay on for about another 30 minutes to 40 minutes reading donations, hanging out with the chat. I want you to pray about donating. If you're listening on the Spotify, Google Play, you can go to isaiasaldivar.com slash partner. You can also Venmo at Isaiah Saldivar. You can click the link. If you're not a monthly partner and you're in the chat, I want you to pray about becoming one. You'll get 70 sermons you can listen to right away. 25% off the merch store, all the past and future partners call. We couldn't do this without you guys so if this word bless you guys so into the word there's 30 almost 3900 of you in here tonight and if everybody gave something small it would be more than enough to be able to keep us going and doing what we're doing and blessing other people and blessing other ministries and bringing people on and even when i bring on my guests tomorrow i sow into every single one of them when i bring them on and we're helping other ministries sowing into other people as well so i'm not just preaching it i'm practicing what i preach so right now guys if you want to give you can Esther, thank you. She says, don't dine and dash. If you're new, our little saying is don't dine and dash. If I fed you for an hour and 40 minutes, the Bible says a workman is worthy of his hire. So I believe that it was it's worthy of you sowing. Again, if you can't give, do not feel bad. All of our content is free. If you can't afford to give, please don't give your last $5. Please don't give your last $10. You know, if you can't afford to give, please just ride with us other people are going to give if you can't so don't feel obligated to give but those of you that can 3800 of you i want to challenge some of you to give that have never gave before now we have no problem giving to netflix giving to instagram giving to youtube red giving to um you know youtube premium or hulu and all these different platforms we pay every month and our phone bills and going out to eat and going to sushi for a hundred dollars and everything we do i want you to pray about if you've been fed spiritually to sow into it and you guys gotta realize too when you give to ministries not this ministry only but other ministries as well, you're investing. You're investing. When I give, 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.